Hello, uglies. Yes, I'm bringing back my um direct mortal voice because we are um here on uh mattress in the pool pod. We are remember I said I was gonna be taking a break from the bad girls club stuff. Oh, sorry, I'm a little sniffly and um my mouth is getting dry because I'm like I've been smoking. I'm a little high. I got cotton mouth. I'm trying to stay hydrated. Okay. So anyway, we're we're kind of taking a departure, and we're gonna continue with the Dragula stuff. And so, um, when we cover Dragula, we will be referring to the show as Club Kid Boots. That is the name of the Dragula episodes. And I'm going to make a graphic and everything for it, which shouldn't... I can, I'm can. i one of those people, I can knock little graphics out so quick. So I'm going to make a quick little graphic for it too. It's going to be cute. So, um... Anyway. Yeah, my Dragula episodes do really well, so I... and. I was thinking, I was like, you know what? Dragula is something I'm feeling like rewatching. It's something I can always come back to. I love rewatching it. It's to me, it's like a comfort show. Like, um, there's a, there's an Amazon prime channel right now. That's just playing nonstop RuPaul's drag race from the beginning, from season one to season 15, from All-Stars 1 to All-Stars 8, it's just playing those in a cycle. And once they get to the most recent one, they start back over at the beginning. It's been great. And it's like, um, it's like that for me. It's like one of those comfort shows that I can just watch at any time. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, um, I had just so much stuff going on these last couple months and, I'm finally feeling motivated to do stuff again, and I really want to stay committed to this, so I feel really mentally ready to do this, so it's it's good. It's all good for right now. Um, yeah, so I put out a hint on Instagram for, like, the five people who follow me. Um, remember, you can follow me at Mattress in the Pool Pod. Um, on Instagram, um, I put out a a hint of a Teletubby in a toilet, and I was like, "Guess which season of Dragula I'll be recapping next on the pod." And so, I think it's pretty obvious I am doing Dragula Titans. I so when I was um because this all kind of came to me last night. Um, when I was sitting last, sitting around last night, and I was like, okay, you have this Shutter subscription that you've been paying for. You don't really use it. No shade to Shutter, but I don't really use it when um, Dragula isn't on, and they don't have season three of Chucky yet. I don't know if they're ever going to get it. Honestly, I could watch it on Peacock if I really wanted to, but that would be the only other thing I would probably watch. And I have watched some stuff on Shutter, but 
it's a streaming service I don't use very much, but it doesn't cost me that much. And then like every time I try to leave, they offer me fifty percent off, so I just take. Um, ooh, excuse me. Also, did did anybody uh get that class action lawsuit? Yeah, you should have got an email about it. It's for like AMC Plus and Shutter and something else. But anyway, yeah, I can't wait to get that fucking five dollars because that's probably all it's gonna be. But anyway. Um, yeah, so I was thinking about which season I wanted to cover next and go back to, and season one kind of came up, but I was like, I feel like I watched season one recently. I think I watched it on Pluto or something recently. So, and see, season one is great, but it's also got a lot of issues it's the first season, so, you know. But I I was like, eh, I don't know. I, I was like, I really want to do one of the, like, one of the ones when the show get, got really spicy. And then I thought about season two. And I'll be honest, season two will probably be the one I cover next. I really want to go back to season two. Um, So that was still definitely top of the list. And then season three and season four, I feel, are kind of interchangeable. But I really, really, really enjoyed season four. And season three was good, too. But season four was a moment. Um, man, let me tell you. Um, and, of course, I already had covered I already had covered season five and um, Resurrection. So I wanted to cover the season that was on right before five, the one I just covered. And that was Titans. And Titans... Some people feel how they feel about it, but to me, Titans was iconic. I don't, I think the format of it was way off. I think there's some production issues there and a lot of inconsistencies and how the production was doing things with these rule changes and stuff. And there were a lot of things that just didn't go anywhere. But as far as the cast and the drama and the drag that we saw, it was top notch. And it makes me really excited for when they do this again, because we know they will. Um, but yeah, something about Titans, I was like, I really want to revisit this, because I, I actually rewatched Titans quite a bit. I was rewatching season four a lot, and then Titans is another one that I've been kind of, when I decide I want to go back and do a rewatch, Titans is one I definitely go back to. Titans is probably the season when I really got into, also really got into like going to Dracula-like events. Yeah. Because I had never, um, which I think the Dragula tour hadn't even come to St. Louis at all. I think this was the first time they had even did come to do a tour here. But I'm sure, like, Dragula Queens have, like, been here and stuff. But, um, yeah, but around that time when, like, Titans, the Titans kind of started a lot of things for me. Because, um, the first Dragula Queen, not Queen, the first Dragula Monster who I saw live was Victoria Elizabeth Black and that was when Titans was still on the air and then um then I went to see Eva Destruction and this was after Titans was off the air and then like a month after I went to see Eva I then I saw the Titans tour yeah and then 
I ended up like meeting some Dragula. So it was just, I was, this was when I was finally getting like go to shows and meet the Dragula monsters and stuff like that after being someone who watched the show for years. And I had met a couple of them at like DragCon and stuff, but it was nobody from Titans. It was people from like other earlier seasons, but nobody that had been on Titans. But I met other ones at other things, but I'm just speaking on DragCon specifically. So it, yeah, um, this is Titans is the the era when I really got into like going out and and really supporting these artists. So um, even though I had been a fan of the show for a long time, so yeah, Titans was kind of a pivotal moment for like um, really. Um, you know, giving me interest in, uh, in Dragula. So, drawing a blank. <laughs> I guess we can get into it. So, Titans came on back in 2022. And this was, yeah, this was a big thing. Um, remember, we remember Titans was something that was kind of, briefly mentioned like during resurrection and we knew for sure that someone they wanted on it was victoria elizabeth black that was when we first heard them talk about it and because of the popularity of all-star seasons especially on drag race people were really wondering like hey like is drag gonna do a similar thing you guys have had enough seasons now so yeah it was finally announced and we were all gagged. I was so gagged. It was so... I was like, yes! Because there were so many people from the show that I really enjoyed and just wanted to see again. So, um, was there anything that I wanted to talk about before we get into it? Let me look through my notes. Okay, so first off, um, because I actually really really liked the promo looks for this. Um, I want to give a disclaimer I am not someone who makes a big thing about promo looks. I think people make a lot of wrong judgments based on promo looks. I think it starts a lot of bandwagoning. And we've also had a big issue with people getting really attached to a person before the show airs and then turning on them in such a way that it's, like, toxic. Um, We've seen it happen with, like, Silky on season 11 um, we saw it happen with Cornbread on season 14. And don't get me wrong, if you don't like a queen, you don't have to like a queen. You know, I don't support sending hate to people or anything like that. But you don't have to like a queen. And people's minds can change on people. It's just like there was people I wasn't really feeling in the beginning. And then towards the end of the season, I end up really liking them. So that's not a thing. That's not the problem. But I feel like there's always this bandwagoning. And they get attached to this one person and they're just like, ooh, they've got, they've got winter energy. And I'm like, how? From like a three-minute video and because they had a good promo look? The promo look is good because they had time to plan that. You don't get as much time to plan that shit when you're, like, going to the show, number one. And number two, um, some people just don't have the budget like that. Um, but it, and it depends on when the promo looks, because the promo looks were, um, at first the promos were done, like, while the season was filming, and then they started doing them after, so then the queens had more time to prepare. Also, um, I don't know what the um how much of the involvement is of the like production 
for what they wear in the promos because I know in earlier seasons they had the the production had too much power in that and that's why we saw like Bob in like that weird like Tina Burner esque poodle skirt bullshit and we saw Trinity the Tuck in that weird one uh, leotard and Nina Bonina Brown in this like amazing like alien makeup with like a weird like it was a weird blouse with that and none of it made sense that's because production stepped in for a lot of that shit asia o'hara one of the worst promo looks i've seen in my life that wasn't her idea she didn't want to wear that shit so i don't i take that shit with a grain of salt and you have to remember like queens like um and then you have queens like alexis michelle alexis michelle had a stunning promo look her looks on the show now on season on all stars eight oh her runways were right her runways were, were right with god but her runways on season nine, and she's even said this herself. Her runways on season season nine did not reflect how good that fucking promo look was. So it goes both ways. But yeah, think about how many queens have really busted promo looks and then did great on the season. Jinx Monsoon, and no shade. I mean this with love and respect because I respect Jinx Monsoon so much. But her promo look for season five was one of the worst abominations I've ever seen in my life. Especially when it was such an easy theme, like goddesses. It was bad. And that bitch won the season. Like, if you just looked at the promos, you would have been like, oh, it's uh, Alyssa Edwards or Roxy's taking this. And don't get me wrong, they are amazing queens in their own right. But I'm just speaking on just that season of that show specifically. The girl who won had literally had the worst promo look. So, it... I, I don't go off promo looks so much. But on Dragula, I, I do see more individuality in the promo looks. And because these monsters have such distinct styles and stuff, I do really enjoy the promos. And I thought Titans had a very interesting one, so I do want to take the time to talk about it. So, um, and then th- that's when I could kind of give my thoughts on the cast. Also, I like looking at the the um, Entertainment Weekly exclusives when I go over this because um, it reminds me what the pronouns are. Sometimes I forget pronouns. So it's a good refresher. All right, so we're going to go. I think this is in alphabetical order. So first up, we have Abora. From season two. Oh, also, before I get into this, okay. So, um, I still have my grading system of hit it, hit it or quit it. Um, we're still going to be using that. Uh, so, as far as this, I am not going to hit or quit their entrance looks. I don't make a big thing about entrance looks, especially since recently, like, Dragula has been having them do some bullshit when they get there. So, I don't see the point of wearing something super nice. Uh, so I'm not really going to grade those. I'll comment on them, but I'm not really going to grade them. But I am going to hit or quit the promo looks, and I'm going to hit or quit their looks, um, of course, for the episode floor show. All right. <clears throat> but I have a new grade. <laughs> and I did this in honor of, of Bora. So um, there's, of course, if I like it, I'm going to hit it. If I love it, I'm going to hit it from the back. If I don't like it, I'm going to quit it. But if it's something that is so bad or so confusing 
Like, it's either, like, just really, really fucking bad, or it's just so confusing, but I, it's not bad, so I can't say it's bad, but I don't don't like it, or it doesn't fit the category. Then it's a Teletubby toilet bowl. That's what I'm calling it. And I, I, had, to, I had to make up this category for Abora, because there were some of her looks this season, I was like, I don't know how the fuck to describe this. So, Teletubby toilet bowl, it is. Alright, so, now we got that out of the way. Um... The first one on our list, speaking of which, speak of the devil, is Abora. Abora is from season two of Dragula. I'm going to wait to give my opinions on them when I start the episode. I'm going to just go to, just going to stay the season they're on and then talk about the promo look. Abora's promo look was so good. It was so kooky and weird and strange and um, signature Abora. It's like this creepy little child with these little legs um, holding like a giant lollipop. It's it's so good. It is so good. Um, it's so weird and out there and creative. I gotta hit it from the back. I have to. This hit it from the back. It's, it's so good and so creative. And with that green screen, all you see are those little tiny legs. It's like jarring. It's so good. And it really, um, I would say it's definitely Abora to a T. Abora's going to always do something out of the box. And when I first saw the promo, it immediately stood out to me. Because I was like, what the fuck is that? I was like, who the fuck is that? And of course, it was fucking Abora. So next up is Astrid uh, Aurelia from Season 4 of Dragula. This promo look, I think, is beautiful. I think the body looks good. Um... It's like this red and black kind of armor, kind of lizard queen kind of thing. Um, I think it's stunning. Uh, I'm I'm gonna hit it. I like it a lot. Hit it, Fargie. Very signature Astrid, and it's definitely a step up from Astrid's promo for season four. Because I think, yeah. Her promo for season four was okay, but this I feel really shows her person personality a lot more. All right, next up is Erica Clash for season two. So the thing with Erica is Erica has good drag. It just sometimes does not appeal to me aesthetically, and that's my problem, not her problem. Her drag is good. Her like I love her. Um, and she's actually one of my favorites all time. But we'll get to that later. So I don't love this look, but I don't hate it either. But it's very signature Erica, So I'm going to give it a light tap. Because it's not bad. It's just, it doesn't just appeal to me aesthetically. But as far as showing who she is, it's good. So I'm going to light tap it. Um, it's just, it's signature like Lolita dress. Um, these like multicolored boots. Her signet, now I love those wigs she's, she does. The big um, the big wigs that she does with all the little, like, it's got, like, little icons and little symbols and stuff and, and, you know, little video game and cutesy kawaii kind of stuff all in the hair. That's probably my favorite thing that, that Erica does. Um, I love the hair that she does. Um, but it's got that hair and then she's got, like, this very scary makeup and then, like, a kind of half mask that she um 
is holding, I guess it's supposed to be like the bottom, like the cover of the bottom half of her face. Uh, so yeah. I'm gonna light tap this. It's a lot, it's a lot going on in one thing. Next up is Eva Destruction. Now, what, with, with, um, with Erica's look where there was a lot going on, Eva's is a little more toned down, but I actually like that. Um, so Eva Destruction is from season three. Eva decided to kind of do a werewolf thing, which is very fitting for her because she is just a naturally hairy person. Um, which I love that about her. I think that it is very hot. Eva's one of those people that I'm attracted to in and out of drag. I think she's very hot. Um, but anyway, again, I'll give more of my opinions about her individually when we get to the entrances. But anyway, um, I think this is cool. I think it fits her. Um, I don't love the shoes. I kind of hate those shoes where the straps go all the way up. Like that sometimes. I don't know. Sometimes the straps going all the way up to the knee or thigh work. Sometimes they don't. I don't love it here. I would have rather a boot. But I guess also like she wanted to show her legs because her legs are hairy. Um, but I love the concept. The makeup's always right. It's good. I'm gonna. I'm going to hit it. Hit it, Fire game. It's good. Next up is Hoso Teratoma from season four. And Hoso's looks are always very, very big. And this is no exception. It's now the problem is it kind of fades the because of the color of it, it's kind of like grays and purples. And the background that they chose for the promo look is also grays and, and blues and kind of so it kind of blends, but that's not necessarily Hoso's fault. Um but yeah, it's kind of like this big hairy demon creature thing. I'm gonna hit it. It's good. Hit it, Fire Gang! Standard Hoso look. Hoso has a, a brand and an aesthetic, and she usually sticks to it. Next up is Kendra Onyx from Season 2, and also Resurrection. They have that mentioned as well. Was, was there anyone else that we talked about that was on Resurrection so far? No. Okay, yeah. So just her for right now. Um. So yeah, she was on Resurrection um, in Season 2. Kendra Onyx is wearing, like, a gown with, um, skeleton bones on it, and her hair is, like, in, like, the shape of horns. I'm gonna light tap it. It's not bad. I don't hate it, but there's some things I would have changed. I would have liked for the dress to be full length. Um, the dress does not hit the floor. Um, but other than that, I like it. I think it's cool, so I'm gonna light tap it. Okay. Next up, Coco Kane. So I actually have this a pic. Uh, um, I actually have a print of her in this look. Um, and it's standard Coco Kane. Lots of body, big titties, big ass, big hair. Uh, did I mention what season she's from? Coco Kane's from season four, of course. Um. Big titties, big hair. It's like a white leotard with matching boots and jacket covered in blood. It's a good standard Coco Cane look. Shows her brand, shows who she is. I'm going to light tap it. It's good. It's cool. Nothing like revolutionary, but it's good. 
Okay. Oh, okay. So now we have List of Be Fair Season 1. This is a good promo look. Um, she always looks so good. Um, and she, I love how she's continuing with, like, that religious thing. She does a lot of religious imagery in her drag, and I think it's stunning when she does it. So, yeah, this is kind of giving, like, biblical, like, Mary. It's beautiful. I'm gonna hit this from the back. I really don't have much else to say about it. I think it's great. I'm gonna hit it from the back. Hit it from the back. All right, next up is Miss Victoria Elizabeth Black from season two and resurrection actually when i met her because i've met her twice the first time i met her she had this on i think this is pretty i feel like i've seen her wear something like this before um the dress is actually really pretty in person too it's, it's a pretty dress um because i feel like i've seen her wear something like this before i'm just gonna light tap it but it is pretty it's like this green dress very sculptural um it's got like a rib cage on it i could i noticed that she really likes these like rib cage motifs um so it's it's pretty i'm just gonna light tap it because i've seen her kind of do something like this before and she she's done so many interesting things that it's just kind of like eh, okay <laughs> it's like those when the standard is so high for you it's like what what else where else can we go um, and last but not least, we have um, that messy bitch from Canada, Yovska, um, from season three. And I think this is great. This is one of the best looks I've seen Yovska in. So it's like this big blue polka, polka dot, like demented teddy bear. But there's like a rib cage exposed and then like the face comes off and there's like a scary like zombie skull face underneath that this is so so good and i'm gonna hit it from the back i think this is amazing hit it from the back um shout out to yoska this was great so yeah so we went over that um i'm gonna talk more about my opinions on the cast when we start talking about the show so let's get on to it. So, um episode 1 of Titans is called Halloween House Party. You know, I don't talk about the skits the boulets do before cuz I don't care. All right. So, they have like this like funeral kind of setup going on and the monsters emerge from a, a casket. Um so the first to arrive is or to rise from the dead because basically what the concept of it was was they're basically like because you know when you get exterminated you you technically are supposed to be dead so they were like we took these like exterminated queens who we killed and we're gonna bring you back from the dead so that you can compete to to stay alive or either get thrown back into oblivion so that's the concept that's why they're coming out of a coffin or whatever all right so coco kane is the first to arrive she looks cute um her entrance look is pretty simple but it's very coco um is very ho very slutty um this pink leather jacket she has on with all these spikes is sickening and that hair that big blonde hair with like the dark root was stunning i thought those were my two favorite parts of her outfit so let's talk about Coco Kane. So Coco Kane was on season four 
she went home relatively early in the season but she was a big fan favorite um again i say this all the time um we don't have a ton of black monsters on dragula we're starting to get more so like when we get one i you know i'm super super supportive of them um because i know it can't be the easiest to, to be um sorry i'm eating candy it can't be the easiest to be um you know black in an alternative space so yeah i was immediately a fan of her i loved her like kind of like stripper aesthetic I love her exaggerated silhouette. I think, like, she really, like, made a a lane for herself with, like, the body. She's not supposed to grow a new body, obviously. But it's one of her trademarks is, like, her over-exaggerated body. And she really does it from a place of appreciation for the female form. So I'm all for it. I know some people had issues. I don't, I don't have a problem with it at all. Um... But yeah, she, um, people liked her, but I would say, um, her big moment was the last supper of that season. Baby, she was going in on everybody. Like everybody was saying she won the reunion and shit. Like that's what really, like she took that moment and ran with it. And that's when everybody really was like a Coco Cane fan. So yeah, she was a big fan favorite. Of course, season four was the last season to air before Titan, so she was a recent addition. Again, I was super excited for her to be there. Um, all right. Next up is Miss Melissa B. Fierce from season one. Um, so I have a lot of respect for the season one girls because Maybe the production value was so different. <laughs> it was not as good back then. Yeah, you didn't win as much money either. Or nothing. Um, but yeah. I love seeing... Cause, and plus, not a lot of people watch season one. So it's nice to see, like, season one... Dragon Monsters, like, kind of get... Reintroduced to the fan base. But I was very, very excited to see Melissa B. Fierce because... She was one... Number one, she would definitely bring the drama. She definitely would bring the drama. She had no problem being real, saying what she wanted to say, and standing up for herself. And she definitely had to stand up for herself because, you know, it was it's a thing they like to do in every fucking season of Dragula. They tell a girl that that she's too glamour. You don't you don't fit the Dragula. You're not a real monster and all this stuff. But Melissa ate that competition up. Like, she proved herself in every challenge and made it to the top three. And then her filth look, her filth look is still talked about to this day. It's one of the most iconic things to ever be on Dragula. If you've never seen it, go find it. It's, especially since filth, I I feel like every year people get really disappointed by the filth category. At least they have since, like, I would say season three. I would say the season two bitch pudding one is the last one I heard really good things about. 
But other than that, people are, have not been excited by, like, the filth category in the um finale. But the filth she did, it was filthy because it was nasty and it was provocative. Sorry, I'm eating candy. And it fucked with religion. Like I said, she does a lot of religious motifs. Um, and that's what I like. I like the filth that really pushes the envelope and offends people. And that's what she did. So yeah, I was excited to see her. She's, she shows up in like a simple patent leather or pleather kind of leotard ensemble. It's very simple but effective because she looks flawless. Like, Melissa's always... That's another thing. She's... The thing is, it's like, you know, they talk about her not being a monster and all this stuff. But she... Everything she does is so polished. And she pays so much attention to detail. And it's like, yeah, y'all kind of shit on them queens from them with those more glamorous backgrounds. But that shit comes in handy. When you're in a competition setting. Next up is Eva Destruction from season three. I would say if I had a top five Dragula Queens, she'd be on it. Of all time, she'd be on it. Um Eva's one of my favorite performers. Eva's one of my favorite performers of all time from the show. Um if you get a chance to see her live, please do it. And I say that about all the queens. Go to see all of them live. If you if you got an opportunity to pay to see them live, please go see them. But yeah, she um she's one of my all time favorite performers from that show ever. Probably just one of my favorite current drag performers working currently. Yeah, I live for her. I know like a lot of people got annoyed by her energy on season three, but she had a lot of hype behind her too. A lot of hype. I remember when that promo came out and she showed up in that clown look because that's what kind of what she went viral for was like this clown number she used to do. When they saw that, everybody was like, oh shit, because her name, when I tell you, her name had been going around for years for Drag Race. And she just never got on. They never casted her for some reason, which is their loss. But, yeah. That's how big of a deal she was. Her name had been going around for Drag Race for years. Especially after the popularity of, you know, that lady that won season four who nobody talks, we don't talk about no more. Especially after her popularity, everybody was definitely, like, looking for another alternative queen to, like, be big on the show. And her name was always going around when there was, like, those rumored cast, you know, videos on YouTube. Like, rumored cast for the next season. She was always on it. Um, I would say, like, her and, like, Madeline Hatter. Those were names I was always saying. Um, but yeah. Um, so yeah, she had a lot of hype behind her. Um, and I think the pre- she was doing really well in the beginning and kind of fizzled in the second half of season three. I think the pressure really got to her. I'm a big, big fan. Okay. Also, this look she walked in and is stunning. It's like this, like, bodysuit with spiders all over it. Her makeup is fucking flawless. Love it. Alright, so she comes in, and Coco is like, Coco is like, I hope this is the only girl from season three. Which, there's like this weird thing that's going around, like, 
It's weird kind of inside joke because season three sucks, but I actually enjoy it. Now, as far as the release of season three, that was a hot boo-boo mess. If you were there, you were there. You remember. All right, I'm back. Um, I didn't, I didn't want to be gross and keep eating candy, candy on camera, so. I mean, not on camera, on the mic. So, I was like, let me turn the mic off for a second, eat this candy, take a quick break, and regroup, you know? So, who's next on the fucking thing? <laughs> So angry. Next up is Erica Clash. Erica Clash is from season two of Dracula. Uh, Erica Clash kind of came in in like this this signature anime look she does. She was being referential to her like original look. That she, I think this, I think it's the way she wore the promo. I think the promo for season two, I believe. Um, again, it's that signature hair that I like with, it's like big anime pastel hair with like all these little trinkets in it and like 8-bit, it's like very 8-bit kawaii, that kind of stuff. Uh, so, Erica Clash, so when people, when she showed up, a lot of the other monsters were like, mm, okay, girl, you, you claim your drag has improved, all right. So Erica has a very distinct style that I number one before I say anything else I want to say is absolutely valid for Dragula. Dragula is for alternative drag, and nerd culture is very much a part of that. And Erica and but and, and also Erica does a lot of horror elements. I don't know why people act like she doesn't include some horror elements. But her drag is definitely inspired by a lot of, like, anime and video games. And, like, nerd culture is very much um, a part of Dragula as anything else is. So I want to say that first and foremost. That her drag is valid and her drag is does fit for the show. Um, that being said, so she's known for doing a lot of, like, kind of anime-inspired looks. It's usually very, very colorful she has a very distinct mug that she usually does. She draws these very big, exaggerated eyes. Like, you know, it's very, like, um, conceptual. Uh, I will say, do I get all of her looks all the time? No. Do I like all of her looks all the time? No. But I really, really, really like her as a drag queen. And I like what I see of her as a person like I don't know her but I really love um because she seems like such a nice person but also she's ready to stand up for herself and other people in a moment like for you know like she's always she's always ready to go honey like yeah oh and she is so um I think receptive she's always so receptive to criticism she's always trying to push herself and do better and um like she was like the queen of exterminations because she went through so many fucking exterminations and like handled that shit like a champ so erica clash um absolutely deserves to be there she was a fan favorite 
Um, she's really proved herself in the Dragula space, and she absolutely should be there. So I don't want, no, no arguments about that at all. If you don't like her drag aesthetic, fine. If you don't get it, fine. But what we're not going to do is invalidate her drag and act like she shouldn't be there, because she definitely deserved to be there. Okay, moving on. From season three is the messy little Canadian cunt, Yovska. Um... Yoska comes in in the iconic Teletubby toilet bowl look that I actually don't hate. It's kind of giving Dr. Seuss, but I don't hate it. I actually think it's really cool. Um, but it's so funny when um, when she enters the room and like Eva's really excited to see her because that's her um, that's her buddy from season three. And Coco was like, "Who the fuck is that?" But yeah, Eva's like, "I'm happy to see you. like." My good sis from season three, but also this bitch is shady as fuck. And yeah, Yoska was, um, Yoska was definitely like, if we want to just talk about characters on the show, Yoska was definitely one of the funniest people on season three. She was so shady. She had the best confessionals. Um, also she had the best confessional look. It was so cute with that little like beret. Yoska was adorbs. That's the other thing too. Yoska was like, had like the sweetest little innocent face but was always saying the most shady shit yoska excuse me so yoska's drag is definitely like way out there it's always using like exaggerated body shapes and it's very high concept sometimes there's a mask sometimes there's not but there's always very conceptual um makeup um, I think Yovska is one of the most interesting but also misunderstood um monsters on the show. And like it's definitely another one that I would put in the category of the namesake because I mean it li- literally came from her. Um well it came because of her. Um She's one I would definitely categorize as as a Teletubby toilet bowl. Like, definition. Sorry, I knocked something over. Because it's like the looks are good. They're well-constructed, but I don't understand it. But Yoska is um, definitely an interesting character. Um, Definitely, like, would have been... Yeah, if if I took the list of people from Season 3, Yoska would be on there of maybe the list of people I would like to come back. But I had a lot of favors on season three, like Louisiana Purchase, Priscilla Chambers. We did we did see Priscilla come back for Resurrection, but like those would be ones I would definitely want to see again. Um, would be like Louisiana, uh, Priscilla, Hollow Eve ain't coming back. I know that, but Hollow Eve's drag was amazing. Um, oh, and Violencia, I will always defend Violencia's meat look. I loved it. I loved it. That meat villain look. I loved it. I don't give a fuck. I wish it, the dumb bitch had just jumped out of the plane and she would still be here. Um, no shade to Maxi Glamour from St. Louis, but because, you know, yeah, shout out to St. Louis. But yeah, I really, something about Violencia's drag really interested me. But anyway, maybe we'll see some more season three uh, monsters on Resurrection. I mean, on Titans 2 if we get one, which I. I definitely see that happening. 
Um, so yeah, moving on. Who is next? Next up is Miss Astrid Aurelia. Um, so Astrid is from season four. Astrid actually has one of the wildest track records of Dracula. Um, Astrid won the first episode and then was eliminated the next episode. <laughs> yeah. So went home second after winning the first episode. It's one of the wildest track records ever. She had one of the wildest meltdowns on Dragula ever. Um, she is a drag child of uh, Dolly. Season 4 winner Dolly. And I'll talk about Astrid's uh, entrance look and then I'll say more of my opinions on them. Um, so Astrid comes in like literally looking like a bat. I actually think this is really fucking cool. Um, like down to the nose, even the nose prosthetic, like looked like an actual bat nose. I thought this was really cool. And she, like we, I've noticed like in uh, her drag, she brings she brings in a lot of like animal elements. I think she's like a furry or something too, which is fine. That's fine. I don't shame people for that. You you can be a furry, fine. Um, but anyway, um. So my thoughts on Astrid. So actually, I thought Astrid was annoying as fuck on season four. Um, and now I would say I am an Astrid fan. A big Astrid fan, actually. Um, for one thing, when I met her, it was a brief meet and greet, obviously. Very brief. But uh, when I met her, she was very nice. Um, but more importantly... So I'm going to be real. So when they did the Titans tour, it was kind of a rotating cast. So it was the top three. So it was Hoso, Victoria, Coco. And then it would be like an interchangeable Dracula monster based on the city. And I was hoping it was going to be Eva Destruction, but it wasn't. But Eva had came to Kansas City like a month prior. So actually it went to see her then. But anyway, um, when I saw Astrid was going to be the the rotating one we were going to get, I'll be honest, I was kind of like, eh, okay, um, that bitch shut me the fuck up. Like, I was gagged by Astrid. Astrid has put, and now I see... Because when we, we'll get there, because it, it comes up later on in the season of Titans, but Astrid mentions how, like, they don't really care about the money as much as getting to be on that tour, and I see why. Astrid is an amazing performer. Astrid has put so much work into making unique performances, down to the song choices were so interesting. So one of the things she did was, um, was it a poppy song? She did a poppy song and she starts like swinging a sword around doing like these sword moves and combat sword fighting twirl and shit. It was insane. It was so good. But then this is what really gagged me. The bitch did a burlesque number to Sade. What? Sade and Dragula, what? Like, it's crazy. How would that fit? But it worked. And it was actually hot. Like, I think Astrid is such a creative performer. And, um, 
I will not take Astrid Aurelia slander in this house. Now, if you want to talk bad about her regarding that stupid love triangle, which we'll get to, then that's fine. But as far as Astrid's drag, keep her name out of your fucking mouth. Her drag is sickening. So anyway, um, some what I thought was interesting was when she came in, some people were like, oh, it's a little soon. It's a little soon for you to be back. But I'm like, y'all didn't say that to Coco. Coco was on season four. But they probably knew better not to say that to Coco. So next up is another favorite from season four. And this is Hoso Teratoma. Now, if, this, if y'all want to talk about it being too soon for somebody, this is who I would say. Because Hoso had just came off the season four tour. And was like, I don't know how Hoso, I have no idea. For Hoso to be so young, Hoso is one of the most crazy talents I've ever seen in my life. Because how did this bitch compete on the show? How did she have time to come up with all these crazy looks, be on the show, do the tour, and then do do Titans? How did you even have the time to come up with all the stuff you came up with? Crazy talented. Um... But yeah, Hoso was a big fan favorite on season four. A lot of people argue that she should have won the season. Um, so yeah, she came very close to winning. And another one uh, who's, yeah, so, so, so creative. I really enjoyed her on season four. Um, and she is really sweet in person also. Um, she's another one who's really, really sweet in person. And she's tiny. She is petite. So she comes in with this, like, kind of gross, gory, crazy look with this wild headpiece. It's very signature Hoso. Um, they're all kind of gagged to see her because she just got off of that tour. And, um, Astrid is head over heels happy to see Hoso. Because they kind of had a little thing on season four. But it's gonna get real this season. And we, y'all will see. Um, or you've already seen if you watch the season. But anyway, we'll get to that when we get to it. So they immediately get into the tea with what's going on with Hoso and Astrid, and also the fact that Hoso has a partner, but from what it sounds like, they have they have whatever arrangement that they have, and it's okay that Hoso is seeing people, so I think that should really be the end of the conversation there. If, if they're in an open situation and it's fine, then who cares? Um, speaking of which, here comes Miss Abora. So, Abora is from season two of Dracula, and Abora is one of, I think, one of the most creative, strange minds to ever come off of that show. Definitely a polarizing figure. Like, Like, they had, like, um, they had the Boulets always arguing over them. Um, there was an episode where Abora was literally the winner of the challenge, but also had to do the extermination. Because <laughs> the Boulets were so split on it. Um, but Abora, 
to be honest, Abora was the one everybody was saying was going to win season two. Um, season two had a lot of people that we were like, oh, they're going to win, they're going to win, and they end up not winning. Um, but I know it was talks of, of Abora, talks of Dali, talks of um, Victoria. Like, we had, there were some monsters we really, really thought were going to win that. Like, but Abora was one from the beginning. Everybody was like, oh, Abora's going to fucking win this. But Abora is, yeah, super, super, super creative. Don't always understand it, but it's still always good. Yeah, kind of always in some drama, it seems like, on the show. But yeah, Abora has some of my favorite looks on season two, for sure. Um, I remember specifically the ghost town look being one of the coolest things I had ever seen done on the show. Um, yeah, Abora's just super, super interesting. And the thing is, Abora, I think, has it in them to win a season of Dragula. It's just the format of Dragula just don't work with what Abora does. <laughs> um, so yeah, Abora comes in, in like this crazy look with all this, these plushies and shit all over them. And, um like a pageant crown and wearing the sash from the pageant that they won. It was the pageant that Alaska, Alaska does. I forgot what it's called. It's like drag queen of the year or something like that. I don't know, but it's a drag queen pageant that Alaska does every year. And it's a really cool pageant because it's super, super um, inclusive. So now we get a little bit, of drama starting regarding the weird love triangle with Hoso, Astrid, and um, Abora. Apparently, Abora kind of has a thing for Hoso. Hoso really looks up to Abora. Abora is confused as to what Hoso wants with Abora, and Astrid's annoyed by Abora because Abora is getting in the way of what Astrid and Hoso have going on. And this is so annoying, and this goes on the entire fucking season, y'all. And I remember a lot of people were really getting annoyed by that shit. On one hand, I love it because I need the drama, but on the other hand, it was to the point that it was re- it was really, like, souring. It was kind of souring everything else going on in the season. And I was like, I just... <sighs> I was like, you know what, maybe we, maybe we should just make it about the drag just this one time because I'm so tired of talking about this stupid love triangle. And mind you, now, I'm going to give Hoso a pass because Hoso is really young. Astrid's kind of young, but not that young. So, um, yeah, so... I think what makes this situation really, really stupid is number one, okay, so it looks like um, at least we know for a fact that Hoso is not monogamous. So Hoso is really not gonna really like and pick either one of y'all as like her like number one end game for one thing. Um, Number two, I'm gonna give Hoso some passes because Hoso is very young. Um, I'm not sure how old Astrid is. I think Astrid might be a little bit younger than me or close in age to me. Um, and Abora is older than me. Um, so yeah, it's like, so we've got this one person who's like in their fucking thirties in this like goofy shit with some youngsters. 
And it's just like, come on. And also, it's like, y'all are here to fucking compete. You're forgetting what you're here for. And then also, it caused weird dynamics, because we'll see in, as far as the way the game is played, and people doing little shady shit, you know, and this weird devotion to each other. The whole thing was just fucking weird. It was so fucking weird. Okay. Not to mention, Abora also had a weird beef with Erica because I think they had a thing on season two, and then they just like stopped talking, and so Abora is also coming in mad at Erica too for some reason. And I think also their beef had something to do. Their beef kind of started with that lie detector challenge they had to do or extermination they had to do on uh, season two. Like that definitely sparked <laughs> some shit between them. Okay, so, um, two more people we have to talk about. Um, Kendra Onyx from season two. Um, Kendra is wearing, like, a cute little basic bitch look. I think this is definitely deliberate and on purpose. It's a cute outfit. I would actually wear it. Um, it kind of gives me, like, cutesy white girl from the 2000s. Very that. (laughs) Um, and Kendra says that she's excited to be on Titans because she didn't really feel part of the cast on her original season, and she really wants to integrate more. Um, so my opinion is on Kendra, again, a black Dragula monster gonna automatically really support you for out the gate. Um, I feel Kendra's looks weren't always there on season two, and also the there was definitely a weird dynamic between Kendra and the other Dragula monsters. Not saying that that's necessarily Kendra's fault. Not necessarily saying that that's Kendra's fault, but I'm saying I see what she's talking about. Um, however, one of the best performers we've ever had on the show always can turn out a performance. And also, um, so funny. One of the funniest personalities um, she's another one, I can tell she's real as fuck, she says what's on her mind, but she seems like a genuinely cool person, um, and, uh, yeah, I like Kendra a lot, Kendra has so many iconic lines and quotes from the show, I mean, just in this episode alone, Teletubby Toilet Bowl, like, come on, like, Kendra is so fucking funny and iconic, and she definitely would deserve to be there. Last but not least, we have Miss Victoria Elizabeth Black from season two. She comes in in this like purple velvet look with kind of like a silk overlay thing on it. It's very pretty. I'm pretty sure she wore this one time I saw her perform, but I could be wrong. But but she wore, I think she wore this before, like on stage um, one time when I saw her. It's funny because she's like happy to see Kendra because season two. And Kendra's like, fuck that bitch. <laughs> because if you remember, like, Victoria was... Actually, they it was three of them that were in the band together. It was Victoria, Kendra, and Abora were in the band together for the Monsters of Rock Challenge. This was the episode where um, Kendra and Victoria were in the bottom and had to get tattoos. Um for the extermination and Kendra ended up going home not to mention they got into it at the last supper 
because that's where we got the iconic line um, where Victoria is like, your outfit looked like um, the wa- looked like the Walgreens section for Halloween. It made like I was like, this makes no sense. Like I know what she was saying, but it made no sense the way she said it. It was so fucking funny. Um, so yeah, but they of course clear up their beef at, at some point. We'll get to it. Um, if if you even want to call it a beef, I wouldn't say it was a beef. It was kind of just like, hey, it's been a while. All right, we're cool. Great. So, um, everybody is gagged to see Victoria and very shook. And I would be too. I would be too. She's the one that when I saw her, I'd be fucking scared. Like, um, so a brief talk about Victoria because I've talked about her before. But yeah, I've seen now her performances are not the most interesting thing ever. But um, she is one of the best special effects um, visual artists to ever be on Dragula. Her stuff is beyond cinematic. It's like cinematic level quality. Um, she is so good at what she does visually. And, um, one of my all-time favorites. I Honestly, she was my pick to win season two. Yeah, big, big fan of Victoria. Um, I know they were some, you know, they always talk about her lacking personality and all this stuff, but, um, she has, like, I know she has come out as, like, neurodivergent, so. It's kind of just the way she is. There's like, you know, it's kind of not really in her control and we need to be more understanding of that. Um, but yeah, just amazing. Amazing at what she does. And I have an embarrassing story of the first time I met her and I'm not going to tell it because I barely remember it. But the second time, but it wasn't like anything like negative, really bad or anything, but it was embarrassing um, but the second time I met her was great. She both times she was very nice to me, and she's um, great. One of the, I think one of the greatest visual artists to be on Drago. Okay, so we have finally got through that. So everyone's kind of talking about who you know. Oh, what you doing here? Oh, are you sure you're ready, girl? And, of course, they're already making Miss Erica defend herself. They're already doubting her and second-guessing her. Um, The whole time this is going on, Melissa, Coco, and Kendra... Melissa, Coco, and Kendra were, like, the narrators of this season. And, like, after, like... After, like, two out of three of them left, the season did was definitely, like, a lot less fun. I would say even after the point that Kendra had left, the season got, like, a lot less funny. Um, They were definitely the narrators of the seasons, and they, like, they definitely had, like, a a little cool, like, friendship alliance thing. But, yeah, they're over in the corner fucking cackling while all this is happening. Um, And then Abora says this shit. Now, Abora was clearly being funny, but I guess nobody got it because it fell flat, but Abora was, like, well, yeah, I was poor before, but now that I'm filthy fucking rich, 
I'm gonna slay this competition, and everyone's just like, eh, okay. But, like, I could tell she was fucking joking, because she's definitely not rich. She's made that clear on social media many times. She's not rich. So that's not me throwing shade or anything. It's literally on her social media. <coughs> you know, the blue lights get on the little screen or whatever and telling them, like, what's going on? Hey, guys. So let me tell you about the format for this season. So this season, there will not be extermination challenges. There will only be fright feats to that take place before the challenges. And if you did not complete the fright feat or refuse to do it, the the person last eliminated the episode before you will take your spot and you will leave. Now, this got us very hype and it was never utilized. The the exter- the fright feats were not even that hard or scary or complicated that anyone would refuse to do it. And as long as you basically participated in it, that counted as completing it, so I'm not I'm very confused. And this was an interesting idea and concept, but it never went anywhere because, again, the exterminations weren't anything that... I mean, sorry, the fright feats were not anything that would... You know, it was nothing that they would have not been able to fucking do. It, it wasn't anything crazy. So, um... The challenge of the floor show this week is Halloween House Party. Um, so they have to dress as a, like, um you know, standard Halloween character and they're gonna dance and perform and do a lip sync as if they're having a house party on Halloween. So, um, the fright feat they have to do before this is they've got a bob for apples and this nasty shit. It's like animal guts and heads and fish and it looks disgusting. Um, basically, yeah, you don't have to win. But whoever gets done first gets something. But you don't have to win. You just have to participate and you're good. And so, uh, also I want to shout out to Ken. Uh, Ken was on uh, season one of Go Go for the Gold. If anyone watches that, I'm probably the only person who watches it. Um, Very fine-ass, light-skinned man. <laughs> it was but it was nice to see him. I was like, oh good, he's getting work. Because he was um I wanted him to if not win, at least get to the top two on there, and he didn't, and I was disappointed, but I loved him. Very handsome man. Anyway. And his reactions to like what was going on sometimes were so funny. Um anyway. Um so we have a little conundrum. So it appears that Astrid said she won, like said she was done first, but Melissa actually ended up completing it first, according to her. Um, but since Astrid said she was, she had completed it first. Like, since she said, I'm done first, um, they said she was the winner. Um, so the reward Astrid got was to assign the roles in this house party. So the roles are, there's the party host, this is a solo thing, and this is the most work. You basically, in ev- you show up in every scene at some point. 
Um, then there's two people watching TV together. Two people are going to be playing with a Ouija board in the bedroom. Three people will be dancing in the living room. And then there's two people in the kitchen carving pumpkins. Um, so, um, Melissa, Coco, and Eric, not Erica, Kendra are like, oh, well, we're going to dance in the living room. Yeah, that sounds good for us. And Erica's like, well, I, I have, I had, which she did, she had mentioned first that she was interested in doing the living room. She was like, but I called dibs on the living room. And Coco was like, um, okay, I guess I'll just do the TV or something. And so Coco was just like, whatever, fuck it. I'll just back out of this one. I ain't got time. Um, and then this is so funny. Um, Melissa was like, can you dance, girl? And Erica's like, um, excuse me, I have twirled and swirled all up and down New York City. So funny. It's one of the things we talk about all the time is we quote it all the time. This is the episode. See, this is the thing about Titans. Titans has so many fucking quotable moments. Um, I mean, all Dragula seasons do, but this one gave us a lot of good quotable moments, especially just in one episode alone. So, a producer comes in with a little note saying that um, Melissa is, in fact, correct. She did win. So, Astrid has to give up her rights to selecting roles, which she is happy to do. She's like, that shit's stressful. I don't even really want to do it anyway. She can do it. So, um... And it really doesn't change anything except for basically Erica not getting what she wanted. Everybody else kind of was get, got what they kind of had wanted anyway, I believe. Um, which is so petty. Like, Melissa gets the power and then basically is like, eh, you know, everything's good, you know? I'll give y'all what y'all want. Except, Erica, you're, you're going back to the TV. So, <laughs> um, yeah, Melissa puts Erica on in the TV room with abora astrid is going to be the host hoso and eva are going to be in the bedroom with the ouija board victoria and yovska are going to be carving pumpkins uh so kendra and yovska go back and forth i don't even remember how the argument started um and yovska called kendra basic and then this is when we get the iconic iconic line Teletubby toilet bowl. She was like, "You, you fucking tell it. What are you? You're a Teletubby toilet bowl." Bloop, 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 bloop. Like she did like a flushing sound. It was so fucking funny and so iconic, and definitely one of the funniest moments ever. So everyone's kind of splitting off and they're rehearsing, but everyone is—they're all literally just in their separate corners, kicking and catching up and being messy. Um. And Abor and Erica is just so awkward. And, like, at one point, Erica was like, so there was clearly an attraction between us. Like, is it still there? And with the quickness, Abor was like, no. <laughs> like, Abora hates Erica for some reason. I still didn't fully get the issue there. Um, But, yeah, I'm like, girl, no, nah, Abora's too busy chasing hope, so she ain't thinking about you no more. Um, of course, the love triangle is brought up. Abora, just from the way it sounds, Abora is down bad for Hoso. And Astrid is kind of gagged by all this. Astrid didn't know there was so much going on with Abora and Hoso. And, yeah, Astrid is not feeling Abora. 
Um, but yeah, like they've got this. Abora and Hoso have this thing with tattoos of each other or something. I don't know. It's a whole lot of things. It was so funny because Yosuke was like, I have a tattoo of Abora too. Who gives a fuck? Uh, which is referring to the um, the Monsters of Rock challenge when uh, um, they had to get that tattoo of uh, it was like some selections of like old Dragula contestants and Yosuke had got Abora. So I thought that was so funny. But yeah, um, the host on Abora thing kind of weirds me out. Um, I think there's a strange dynamic there that really complicates things. Um, because I think Hoso just really respects and idolizes Abora. But Abora is like head over heels for Hoso. So it's just weird. Um, and I think Astrid and Hoso are play buddies. They have a good time, you know. Um, but yeah, Astrid, I mean, not Astrid, um, Abora thought Hoso was like, maybe, Abora wanted to take Hoso out and, and wine and dine and make that her, her woman. So then, I think, was it Yosuke? Yosuke was messy and said something about like, oh, you know, um, uh, Erica, didn't you like want the, the living room thing, but then you didn't get to do it? Like, how you feel about that? And Melissa's like, I took you out of the living room and put you on the TV because when I asked you if you could dance, you gave me attitude. And my thing is, Melissa, I think, would have switched uh, her over regardless because she wanted the three of them to be in the living room in the first place, number one. But she she was the signing role, so she has the right to do that, number one. Number two, now, y'all know good and goddamn well when you asked Erica if she could dance, that was meant to be shady. So, I don't see anything wrong with her defending herself, because she knew that was some shady shit. Let's just be real. So, I don't know why that was a big deal. Anyway, um, so even Hoso had paired up, and she tell she tells Hoso that she's very surprised that Abora is here, actually. She thought Abora really didn't want anything else to do with Dragula. Um... And then Victoria and Kendra squashed their little thing that they had. It was funny because Kendra's like, nah, fuck that bitch. She sent me home. And Victoria's like, I don't have a problem with Kendra. <laughs> um, so yeah, they squashed their little thing because it was nothing anyway. Um, and let's get ready to talk about the floor show. So the floor show, the boules look great. You know, they're giving their standard red and black spooky spooky. Um, these looks that they're wearing are actually the looks that they wore in the Titans promo. Um, I'm not going to go too much on it, um, but it looks cool. It's great. Standard, like I said, standard look. Now, let's get into the guest judges because one of the guest judges is a personal icon, idol of mine. Um, so first, I want to talk about, so one of the guest judges is um, a director. Um, I know he recently did that really bad Haunted Mansion movie. Uh, his name is Justice Simeon. And the other guest judge is uh, Miss Cassandra Peterson, also known as Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Um, now, she was not there in costume. 
she has been, and I don't think, yeah, this isn't the first time she's guest judged on Dragula either. But whenever she's guest judged on Dragula, she has not been in costume, but she don't really make appearances in costume anymore. So it's it's all good. I mean, she's like 70 years old. She's paid her dues. And by the way, looks amazing for 70 years old. Um, so she ain't gotta do that shit if she don't want to. But um I remember when she guest judged on uh, RuPaul's Drag Race a few times, she was in costume. Um, but yeah, she's stunning. She looks so good. Um, Elvira is a personal um, idol of mine. Um, I think I count her as a drag queen, famous drag queen performer. I think she's one of those people that really got me interested in like the idea of being a character, portraying a, a character, and what drag like oh like this is kind of a form of drag this is i feel like um i could do this kind of character drag kind of thing like she really opened my eyes as to like what are different ways that you can be considered an entertainer um and i love her story i read her her autobiography i I own her autobiography um, she's just such a fascinating person. I highly recommend reading her book. Um, but yeah, um, I just, um, she's someone that I've seen on TV since I was a kid. Um, her movie, her movie is so camp. It's, it's such a like cult classic. It's so camp. I used to watch it on TV all the time. And I, she's someone who I just really look up to. Like she didn't, start playing like Elvira until she was like 29 years old which I think is awesome like she's one of those people that like it shows it's like when your time is coming your time comes like it may not happen when you thought it was gonna happen but it's gonna happen for you or you know she didn't have like her her child till she was like 40 or close to 40 like things you know it was she's one of those perfect stories of like it's not too late for you if this something you're gonna get those things you want you want um and not in the way that you think you're gonna get it but you're gonna get those things you want um but yeah she's an icon in her own right um and i could go on and on about her for hours but yeah she's someone i just really look up to so much and um just the her image is so iconic um that that big black hair that long dress um her body her boobs she was like she was like that perfect like combination of scary and sexy and but then also funny that's the other thing too she was so funny she was funny but also hot but also a little spooky she was just she's just amazing oh uh, yeah shout out to elvira she's just she's amazing so yeah it's cassandra peterson that is her government name so that is um who is there, not Elvira. Um, and it's Cassandra, not Cassandra. If you call her Cassandra, I will correct your ass. Okay, alright. So first off, I want to preface this um, with saying I hate the fucking song that they did. I think up until like season, some songs they did on season 5, I have hated like every fucking song they perform on Dragula. There's only been a couple ones that I liked. Mm. In general. But I hate, th- I, I, I'm just, you know, I hate this fucking song. I was a teenage monster. <laughs> Shut up. 
I hate it. I just want to preface that. Um, but I understand that like getting song rights is so fucking expensive. So, and not everyone, you know, but now the Boulets do have a few songs, but not everybody, you know, wants to force all their fucking music on us. Like that other lady on that other show. <laughs> Even though some of those songs are bops, bitch. ASMR lover? ASMR lover? Sorry to anyone wearing headphones. but And then it's for me to fucking blast your ears out saying ASMR. How fucking ironic is that? ASMR lover. I'll say it like that. ASMR lover is a fucking bop. I will stand I will die on that fucking hill for that old black bitch. I love ASMR lover. You make me feel the spark in my ear. Okay, sorry. Anyway, yes. So this is that was no shade, but also all to y'all shade. <laughs> ASMR lover. Okay, I'm done. Anyway, sorry. Fuck. Imagine if they did that on <laughs> Dragula. That would never happen. Um. Anyway. Alright, so I'm gonna go through the looks real quick. And, and, and then wrap this up, because I've been talking for fucking ever. But so much happened in this first episode. These other episodes won't be as long, I promise. It's just... There's so much to cover. We had to do intros and everything. I should have broke this up into a separate podcast, but... It's not as fun to do when it's a season. And what I mean is, as far as making, devoting a whole episode to introductions in the promo, it's not as, I'm having fun doing this, but it's definitely not as fun to do it on a season that's already aired. Making, devoting a whole episode to a promo makes more sense for a new season because. This is all of our first time being introduced to them. But this isn't my first time being introduced to these people. Number one, because the season already aired. And even then, like, we, it's Titans. So it's people that's already been on before. But even then, it was still a gag when the cast came out. But regardless, we just had a lot of background stuff for this one. The other episodes won't be as long, I promise. Okay. So first up, Astrid is the creature from the Black Lagoon. This look is stunning. It's gorgeous. The craftsmanship on it is amazing. The fact that she always finds a way to use these like unconventional materials and make something really cool out of it is amazing to me because it doesn't even look like that. The way like the little fins or whatever made from like toothpicks and like rice paper. Are you fucking kidding me? Like Astrid is so brilliant. Um, I thought this was beautiful. And then the stoning on it was gorgeous. I loved it. Gorgeous. I'm going to hit this from the back. It was a beautiful costume. Um, hit it from the back. Um, it was very, you know, standard on the nose, Halloween, but also elevated. We knew who you were supposed to be. It was great. Not to mention great in the challenge, like as far as the lip syncing and the performance. Um, she really amped up the camp. And was, you could tell she was really, really having fun, which was, uh, just was great. This was such a 
180 from the Astrid we saw on season four, um, which she did mention she wasn't really mentally prepared for. But I can you could tell such a difference. Um, she was having so much fun. Um, next up is Melissa as a vampire. I'm going to light tap this look. Um, it was okay. It wasn't anything innovative or groundbreaking, but it was on the nose. We knew what you were supposed to be. I knew when I looked at her, she was a vampire. Um, she did have some kind of cool, like, face prosthetics. Um, and yeah, the look was fine, and I, I knew what you were supposed to be. Um, and I would say Melissa's performance was safe. It was good. Nothing really stood out good or bad. It was, but it was okay. Um, but I will say that group of three, they were kind of all over the place as far as they dancing. Um, so Hoso Teratoma is a pirate. And I love when, cause they did the thing where they put the camera on each of them and introduced them. And when Hoso hopped up for, um, her intro, she kind of does this like move almost like a, I don't know if it was on purpose, but it was kind of like a selected character on a video game. It was very cool. Um, but what's no what is it called like choose your choose your character choose your fighter it was kind of that kind of movement i don't know if it was that's what she was going for but it was really really cool um i'm gonna hit this look i thought it was very cool hit it fire game um it reminded me of like the pirates of the caribbean if anyone's ever seen those movies the it reminded me of kind of like the pirates who were on the ship with davy jones they and they all kind of looked like you know they were like they all had like, you know, all these like barnacles and shells and coral and all kinds of sea foliage growing on them and stuff. It was very that. It was very, very good. Um, again, on the nose, but also very, very hoso. I knew what you were supposed to be, but it also was your own personal twist. Um, and very good in the challenge. Good performance, good chemistry. And I, that was, they were a group that I noticed had good chemistry between partners. Um, at Hoso and Eva. Um, so next up is Yoska. Yoska is a pumpkin head. Um, if there's no more uh, iconic Halloween like symbol than a pumpkin, um, I'm gonna hit it. The look was good. I thought it was cool. Hit it, fire game. Um, again, Yoska kind of has looks that are hard to understand, but it was. It's like okay, I know what you're supposed to be. Your pumpkin head. It's pumpkin Halloween. You stuck with what the challenge was supposed to be. Um, very interesting with the head, pumpkin head, but then the pumpkin titties. It was really cool. It was cool. Um, and also another one who had good chemistry with their partner. Um, next up is Erica. Erica is a bat. I enjoyed her performance better than her look. The look was just okay. I'm going to light tap it because it's not bad. I know what she's supposed to be. But at the end of the day, it was kind of just a one-piece suit with bat wings on it. There's way more cool elements that could have been added to this. But I thought she knew she knew the lip sync, she knew the song, she she performed did her job. It was good, safe performance. Next up is Eva Destruction as the Devil, and I kind of went back and forth on this, but I'm definitely gonna hit it from the back. Hit it from the back. Um, and I'll say why. Um, so to me, this is not a groundbreaking look, but to me, it, it's the little details that count and 
the aesthetic she went for was beautiful. This kind of like 1950s kind of silhouette um, and that revealed to like lingerie. The The red makeup was good, applied very well, very even. The fucking um, pitchfork ho- cigarette holder. Can you say camp? Can you say drag? Can you say innovation? Because I can um yeah no it was great um she performed very well in the challenge she stood out to me um the little details like the singeing like the bottom of her like dress coat thing was like singed like it had been burnt like so many little details she really took the the time to um put in this look and this is what I mean when you know I'm kind of or not I'm not crazy about like Erica's look or something because there wasn't that like extra little detail in there to kind of elevate it. Next up is Coco Kane. Coco Kane is a mummy. I'm going to quit this look. I did not like it. Quit drag. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I love that it was revealing and she showed her body. But there definitely was more that could have been done with that. Um, it just kind of fell flat. Um, also, like, again, the, the her and the other two that she was supposed to be dancing with, they were kind of all over the place. Victoria was also a pumpkin head. I'm going to hit this from the back. This is one of the most cool things I've ever seen. It was so good. Hit it from the back. Um, the prosthetics were amazing. And the fact that, like, her, like, we could see her expressions and her mouth moving, even though she had a full prosthetic on her face um is so impressive um it looked like a real pumpkin the the top of it came off and there was slime and the you know the guts from the inside of the pumpkin and the seeds not to mention the dress was very pretty the dress kind of came down into that same pumpkin guts motif um overall just amazing and also because people like to shit on victoria for her performance sometime she did perform well she looked like she was having fun and she interacted with yoska it was good um next up is abora now abora was talking about cryptids and aliens and all this stuff and this is what she came out with um none of it made sense it was just a weird dress with these weird fingers with weird green makeup and this big stupid ugly hair and these weird ugly feathers um on the screen it would say what everyone was um but even if it didn't i would pretty much have gathered what everyone was supposed to be um i wouldn't have known what the fuck abora was and they didn't either because it just said abora as question mark so um this is um the first look of the season that i will be awarding a teletubby toilet bowl it's giving me teletubbies on a toilet bowl because what the fuck is that but this one doesn't go in the ooh it's so it's so amazing and weird but doesn't fit no this is going because it's so fucking bad but it's so fucking bad in a way that it just made absolutely no sense and I'm left confused and flabbergasted so congratulations to Abora unsurprisingly being the first one i give this to in the season also did not know the words to the song so the performance wasn't even good um so i took a little time to think about what i would have done for this 
And I try to think of like, oh no, I skipped somebody. Sorry. Before I get to that, sorry, I skipped Kendra. So Kendra Onyx is a Frankenstein monster. Um, and I'm going to light tap it. I thought there were cute little elements in her performance. Of course, Kendra never lets down in performance. So it's good in performance performing. The little um, electrocution toaster joke was very, very cute. Um, the look was just okay. I'm going to light tap it. Um, the, the makeup was a little weird with like the patchwork of the green. I know what she was going for, but it was a little off. And I thought there could have been more done with like the, the, the black pleather kind of suit ensemble. Loved the hair though. The hair was probably my favorite part. I love that it was like, yeah, Frankenstein, but make it black. Like the hair was very like, uh, high top fade, like 1980s, like, um, like synth, uh, synth R&B era. Loved, loved that. I thought that was very, very cool. Okay, so now back to what I was going to say. So, um, I thought about, like, what I would have done for this challenge. Um, I might bring this up every now and then, but I don't really like to do that too much. Because people are always talking about what they would have done, and it's like, bitch, do you even have the resources? I know I don't. But, like, I think, like, for a character, a Halloween character I would have done, I would have probably done a Frankenstein-type character, too. Or a mummy. But I would have did mummy more how kind of... Blackberry did it on season five, like kind of more Egyptian elements into it. Or I'm trying to think, like what are other characters we think about around Halloween? Cat. I would have definitely thousand percent done a cat for sure. <laughs> um yeah, I would have definitely been like a, a black cat. Okay, so um, I put in the notes again. Did I mention I hate this song? So anyway, okay, let's get to the critique. So Yovska, Hoso, and Kendra and Melissa are safe, but they are told to stay on stage. Victoria, Astrid, and Eva are the tops. I, I agree with that. They all did great. Um, uh, Victoria is the winner. I also could have seen Astrid win, but that maybe would have been hit a little too close to home. Because she probably been like, oh, fuck, I won again. I'm gonna go home next week. Um, but yeah and I feel like this is like redemption for like because I don't care in my mind I still thought Victoria should have won the Cenobite challenge on episode one of season two so this is her redemption for that so yeah Victoria did great great uh costume stepped up the performance good job rightfully the winner um so Coco Erica and Abora are in the bottom Erica gets overall good critiques. It was weird. Because they were like, this outfit could have been more, but it's not bad. But you also did really good in the performance. So, yeah, okay. And then Coco got, like, kind of okay critiques. Nobody got, like, really bad critiques except for Abora, in my opinion. Um, Abora claims she's an alien. I'm not getting alien from that. And they, the reason why everyone has to stay on stage is so that they can tell them Hey, so based on these critiques, vote on who in the bottom you think should be eliminated. So this adds a new element of mess, which I liked this, but then it also was talked about in this episode two. 
kind of defeated the purpose for everything, and then we never really did this again. So, I I don't know. Again, like I said, it's stuff that would have really cool different elements to add to the format, but also never really went anywhere. This was another one of those moments. Um, So, we get to the cauldron. The cauldron's messy. Everybody's going back and forth. Abora's fucking tripping. And everybody's like, but girl, we are confused about what you were supposed to be. Like, I remember when I was watching this, I was really kind of disappointed in Abora. I was like, girl, what? I was like, we, I was really, really rooting for you. What the fuck was this? I was so fucking pissed at her. I wanted her to go home because I was pissed because I knew she could do better than that. Um, and then Abora starts making these crazy statements talking about, you eliminate me, this whole competition's going to lose steam. Basically dissing everybody and being like, well, ain't no point of the show if I'm not here, bitch. And, like, Hoso and, weirdly, Astrid is kind of, like, defending Abora. Also, like, Hoso will do anything in her power to make sure Abora does not go home. Abora's like, if I gotta do some shady shit, which she does, for you to not go home, then I'm gonna do it. Um, And then Hoso and Abora start having this weird moment in the corner, and they're like, I'm not gonna send you home. There's nothing I'm gonna ever do. I look up to you so much, I'm not going to send you home. And they're kissing and... They start fucking, it was gross. And Astrid is over in the corner, fucking fuming. And... um, So yeah, they all, like, place their votes. Coco, trying to place her vote, is one of the funniest moments on the show ever. She's, like, trying to, like, hold the thing with these long... Like, the pin thing with these long-ass nails... Then she tries to dip the nail in ink and write with that. And then she's like, but she's also got these big titties in the way. And then she's like, how do you spell Abora? It was all so, so, so funny. Um, And I know for sure, I think Eva voted for Erica, right? And everyone else kind of voted for Abora. Hoso didn't. I don't remember, but... (laughs) All in all, Abora and Erica are in the bottom two, and they have to stand on this thing, and then basically one of them is going to get, like, the floor drops. The floor, like, opens up, and they're just going to drop down into fucking oblivion. And so, it's between Erica and Abora. Erica is pissed. Um, Abora ends up getting sent down into oblivion. And the way the fucking nightmare girls are over there cackling, you know who I'm talking about, the narrators of the season, they're over there fucking cackling. And low-key, I was too at the time. Um, But yeah, they're over there fucking cackling. It is so fucking funny. But anyway, as we know, Bora's not going to stay in the abyss for long. And this is where we end the episode. So yeah, this was long. Um, Again, we had a lot of background to get through, but it won't be like this every episode. Thanks for listening. I'm going to try to consistently put these out every week. I'm getting back on track with that. Um, Follow me on Instagram at mattressinthepoolpod for um, updates. Please um, leave a review if you want. Be nice. Um, 
follow me if you like. If this is your first time, thanks for coming. If this isn't your first time, thanks for coming back. And I am out. Bye-bye, uglies. It's giving me Teletubbies on a toilet bowl. <laughs>